Good morning. Welcome to worship. Our Holy Gospel today is from the 16th chapter of Luke, beginning at verse 19. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In hell, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. And so he called him and he said, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in the fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that your life, in your lifetime you received good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between you and us is a great chasm that has been fixed so that those who want to go from here to you cannot. And nor can anyone cross over from there to us. And he answered, Then I beg you, Father, said, Laz send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers. Let them warn them so that they will not come to this place of torment. And Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to them, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. The Gospel of our Lord. I invite you to uh, pray with me our Holy Spirit prayer that we have been praying now for some years. But it's a prayer that, again, as, as I remind you, that's been around for, uh, I believe, over 1,600 years that Christians have been praying this prayer. Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit, who instructs the hearts of the faithful, grant that by that same Holy Spirit, we may be made truly wise and ever rejoice in your consolations. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. I'm going to start off today by singing a song. Unfortunately, for those of you who are um, listening in on live stream, we're going to probably have to mute this song because I, I did not have enough foresight to provide the copyright material for this song. So, sorry for those of you who are listening in on live stream, but uh, for those of you who are here, um, you have the benefit of hearing this song. It's one I've sang before. It's uh, entitled Messiah. It was uh, written and performed uh, and produced by a, a Christian group out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, of all places. And uh, the name of the group is called Dakota Road. So last week I gave you an assignment. Well, I don't know how assignments are for you these days. Maybe I gave you a solid suggestion. I suggested that you start out each day last week reminding yourself that you are a child of the light 
We know that Jesus told his disciples, perhaps more often than we have seen in Scripture, but Jesus told his disciples, he said, I am the light of the world. And through your life, through your life as disciples, you now will live as children of the light. So, does anybody want to confess? How did, how did it go last week? Did you do it? Did anybody do it? Come on. You know, aren't you taking my suggestion seriously? Aren't you taking my little mini assignment seriously? Children of the light. I mean, how difficult is that? How difficult is it for us to wake up every morning and say to ourselves, I am a child of the light. Well, I tried it. I did it. And I know for me, the more I said it, the more I liked it. The more I said it, the more I liked it. I'm almost prepared to say that I like it better than reminding myself that I'm a baptized child of God, sealed with the Holy Spirit, and marked with the cross of Christ forever. Because that's another one of the things that I do every day of my life. And for one thing, to say that I'm a child of light is a whole lot shorter. I mean, hey, if I can't say anything else about who I am as a child of God, if I can't just simply acknowledge every single morning that I'm a child of the light, and I know for me, as I, as, I, as I start using that as kind of a morning mantra, as most of you know, I, I go for walks most mornings. And so uh, one of the things that I do uh, in, in those morning walks is I, that's just kind of my morning mantra. You know, I'm out there walking in the dark at 5 o'clock in the morning. It's dark, pitch dark. And I'm saying, I'm a child of the light. I'm a child of the light. You know, just keep telling myself that. And the other thing that's interesting about that is that not only does it, you know, something that you begin to actually, something that you begin to actually hook onto, but it, it, for me, it, it conjures up images and it stimulates thoughts. I thought, my mind can work with this child of the light thing. It, it's, it's a whole lot more, it, 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 there's a whole lot more stuff to think about there when you think about what it means to be a child of the light. I mean, all of us here know the power of light. Even a minuscule amount of light can help to illumine our way and give us a sense of bearing. I can tell you where the TV is in my bedroom because there's a little red light in the corner. I know where my digital clock is in my bedroom because there's an illumination next to me. You know, I know where, I know where my, in, in, even in the pitch darkness of night, I know where my microwave is because it's got all the, t the time of day lit up. You know, the digital clock. Just even little minuscule sources of light give us a sense of bearing. It illuminates our way, even in the midst of the darkness. You know, in the mornings when I'm out on my morning walks, I, 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 I do actually carry a flashlight. Uh, I don't use it much. The only time I use my flashlight is when there's an oncoming vehicle. I turn on the light to let them know that I'm actually there along the side of the road. The other time that I usually use my flashlight is when I sense that there's someone else either coming behind me or coming towards me who is also walking in the darkness. Uh, most of those folks usually use their flashlights. I just don't. But when they're coming, I normally turn my flashlight on at least at the absolute minimum, to acknowledge and let them know that there's another person out there 
on the street that they're going to eventually cross paths with. And then that little normal exchange that we have, which is extremely brief, it's mostly, well, good morning, how are you? Beautiful day, you know, whatever it might be. You know, there's those few brief words that we say to one another in the darkness. And even though we acknowledge that person, even though I acknowledge that person and they acknowledge me, we don't get to see each other for who we really are. Because we're walking in the darkness. We don't get to even see each other's face. We don't know whether the person's tall or whether the person's short. We don't know if the person is skinny or a little chubby. We don't know if the person is Hispanic or African-American or Caucasian or Filipino. We, we don't know those things because we're just passing in the darkness. God and Jesus has always been quite clear as to how we are to live in this world. And we cannot plead ignorance when it comes to being children of the light. Anyone who knows Scripture, anybody who's read the Bible, anybody who has had the Bible read to them knows what is expected of us. We cannot plead ignorance. Early on in the Old Testament, God was abundantly clear when God said in Deuteronomy 6, He says, Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit down in your house, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hands and let that be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. We cannot plead ignorance when it comes to what God expects of us. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And Jesus is even more explicit when he is asked by a scribe who asked, what commandment is the greatest of all? And Jesus referred to Deuteronomy 6, first and foremost, and then he said, there is a second. And the second is this, that I command you to love your neighbor as yourself. There are no greater commandments than these. You and I cannot claim ignorance. We know what we're supposed to do. And when he was with his disciples, for one of the last times, he says, I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I, just as I, Jesus, have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. By this, if you have love for one another. That's what it means to live as a child of the light. We cannot, we cannot plead ignorance anymore. Never in the life of a Christian can we plead ignorance when it comes to being a child of the light. Because anybody who knows Scripture, anybody who's read the Bible, you are hearing it right now. You know what is expected of us. We also know that it is no secret that Luke's gospel is the gospel that stands most prominently in solidarity with the poor. Of all the gospels, of all the gospels, Luke gives the most prominence to Jesus' warning about the danger of riches and his special comp compassion for the poor. Luke alone lists the vivid warnings against the danger of covetousness and riches when we are contained which are contained in the parables of the rich fool 
who tried to feed his soul on possessions. And then, of course, the story of the rich man's indifference to poverty-stricken Lazarus in today's gospel. And then there's the reference to Zacchaeus, whose decision to give half of his goods to the poor. And the gospel of Luke alone records Jesus' counsel to sell your possessions and give alms and his encouragement to invite the poor to dinner. All of this emphasis is an outgrowth of God's regard for the poor in the gift of his Son, over whose coming Mary sings in the Magnificat. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. Jesus also reminds us that you will always have the poor amongst you. One of the implied understandings behind that statement is simply this. As children of the light, that's what we are, we have the opportunity to see those poor people. We get the opportunity to see them and to treat them as a neighbor. We have the opportunity to see them with the eyes in which God sees them. And not only to see them, but we have the opportunity to know them. Rarely does a person coming into my office asking for assistance, rarely, rarely ever does a person coming into my office walk away without having shared their name and telling their story. Because one of the things that I want to know is I want to know them. I want to know who they are. I want to know their story. I want to know what kind of a life they came from to where it caused them to be where they are today. And I think that most people who leave my office after having asked for some form of assistance, they actually feel as though they've been listened to, as if they have been treated like they are a, a human being. I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not an assistance handout factory. I actually want to know who those people are. I like what Helen Hunt wrote about this parable before us today. She says this parable, it is now our parable today, and it's meant to speak to us. It's meant to speak to us the truth that this is not the way it is meant to be. And she says, if I see, if I truly see the other Perhaps that can be the start of living in a way that acknowledges the truth that we all belong to one another and that we all belong together in this life right now. Go back and read the last line of that Timothy text. I believe it said something about life right now. Another one of my commentary sources, his name is Scott Hosey, he made an astute observation in his commentary on this parable. He says that Jesus told upwards of 40, upwards of 40 parables in the New Testament. And each of those parables that he told had a small cast of characters, waiting father and prodigal son, a woman baking bread, laborers in the vineyard. But only once, only once did Jesus assign a character a name. And the person that he assigned a name was a poor man, Lazarus. 
Because Jesus knew that if we treat people only as categories like the poor, it's too easy to mistreat them, to forget who they really are. But Jesus knew that each person has a name, that each person has a family, that each person has a story. And giving Lazarus a name brought forward the humanity of the poor. In short, sometimes we need names and faces to put to otherwise faceless, anonymous categories of people. It makes all the difference in what we see. Actually, what he really is saying there is that by putting a name and by learning a person's life and story, we actually begin to see them with the eyes of God and with the eyes of Jesus. Because we see them as children of God. Jesus was also quite clear when he said, when you have done it unto the least of these, you have done it unto me. Over the past several weeks, I've used the phrase, the heart of God. And I have suggested that Jesus spoke in parables to reveal to us the heart of God. And today's gospel parable, once again, is teaching us something about the heart of God because I believe it is something, there's something even, it's some, but I believe it is something more than that. The heart of God begins by seeing with the same eyes as Jesus sees. And one of my commentary sources says it this way, Seeing in this gospel is a very big deal because before you can have compassion for people, before you have compassion for people, you have to see them, acknowledging their presence, their needs and gifts, and above all, their status as children of God, worthy of respect and dignity. Again, I quote Scott quote Hosey, who wrote that the poor... The poor are not faceless people with no stories. The poor are real people with names, identities, and a history. They are not statistics. They are human beings. And they are not a one-size-fits-all economic category that we can describe in broad strokes with specific but individuals. Boy, oh boy, that's, we need to hear that, don't we? The poor are not faceless people with no stories. The poor are real people with names, identities, and a history. They are not statistics. They are human beings. They are not a one-size-fits-all economic category that we can describe in broad strokes. Rather, they are human beings with in specific individuals. I know what you're thinking now. You're thinking... Poverty and helping people who are poor is a massive problem. And I, as an individual, I can't even begin to imagine how I can make a difference. I know I felt that way when I was up in Seattle this past June for my son's graduation from college and his master's degree. And I'm sure that Seattle is much like a lot of our large metropolitan areas, but I, it was very prominent in Seattle. As I was walking and driving through the streets of Seattle, Washington this past summer, homeless people were literally everywhere. I mean everywhere. On every street corner, on sidewalk steps, on every exit to a freeway, there were tent communities. And there was absolutely no way as I 
looked upon these people, there was absolutely no way that I could help them all. So you may ask, where do I begin? Where do I even begin to love my neighbor? And the answer is right in the question. It starts with the Lazarus at your door. It starts with the Lazarus at your gate or wherever it is that you encounter that person. I'm going to briefly re-sing a couple of stanzas of that song that I started off with today. And I want you to listen when I change it from a category of someone to putting a name. So how does one conclude a message like this today? Maybe it is not something that we can conclude. Rather, it is just the beginning. It is a new beginning. Because we have no excuse. We know what God and Jesus has to say about the matter. We are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength. And we are to love our neighbors as we love ourselves, and we are to love as Christ loved us. In other words, if we walk and live as children of the light, David Lost reminds us that if we start each day as a new beginning, because we are children of the light, he says that we have the power to rewrite the ending, that these stories don't have to end this way, because we have seen a man raised from the dead, and that in the name of Jesus we are both able and committed to doing those things like sharing water and sharing love and good news with all those who are in need. And so I am going to conclude again with the words from Helen Hunt because I think they are so pertinent to how we should leave today. She says, This parable, which is ours today, is meant to speak to us the truth that this is not how it is meant to be. She says, if I see, if I truly see the other, perhaps that can be the start. That can be the start. It can be the beginning of living in a way that acknowledges the truth that we all belong to one another in this life right now. Amen. Prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.